Since the middle of October, long-term bond yields in the U.S. Treasury market are down by more than a full percentage point. During the same period, almost exactly the same period, U.S. stocks have absolutely surged. Several major indexes have now reached new all-time highs. The Dow's at a high, the Nasdaq's at a high, and just yesterday, the S&P 500 was within a hair of setting its own high. Stocks have backed off today, the final day of the of the year of 2023. But by and large, equities are encouraged by either the real economy or since the rally has been timed with the market rally in bonds, you have to wonder how much of the presumed loosening in financial conditions is playing in convincing investors to buy shares. But therein lies quite a bit of danger because as we know, Lower long-term bond yields are not a sign of loosening conditions. And if they're not actually a sign of loosening conditions, then what is pushing share prices higher? Is it the, the idea that maybe we better get in the market before the soft landing actually happens this time, a fear of missing out? Or are there other ideas that are being priced into equities that sure are not being priced in global bonds? Steve, Steve Van Meter. Happy New Year to you. We'll get that out of the way really early here. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. It's good to see you again. What do you make of this? We've got bonds doing this and stocks doing this, and they're not the same thing. Jeff, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me on, as always, here in the new year. You know, there's something I got to pick on you here a little bit because, you know, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I All I hear from central bankers, whether it's current ones or past ones, in fact, I just got off the phone with Jerome Powell before we're doing the show right now, and he told me absolutely that lower interest rates lead to looser financial conditions. In fact, I read about it all over the media, and yet you just said they actually lead to tighter financial conditions. And I think that's a really important topic here because a lot of people do not understand the bond market. They don't understand what interest rates are telling them. And of course, you're absolutely right. Falling interest rates here aren't a good sign, but yet equity investors are super excited. They actually believe that for some reason, this is the catalyst to send equity prices higher. Now, maybe it means they believe that consumers you know, were struggling to borrow at higher rates and perhaps slightly lower rates will lead to a huge boom in consumption. I'm not really sure what the narrative is here, but what I do know is indeed financial conditions are tightening right now and why we can see this kind of transitory excitement and bump in the equity market, it does not bode well for what's going on in the underlying economy. Yeah, I think there's two things there, Steve, right? The first is that Interest rates going lower are not the tightening. They are a reflection of tightening in the monetary system. So it's not the be it's not interest rates themselves. It's not like interest rates go down and that causes the system to tighten. It is the way to think about this, and you know this, is when the demand for safety and liquidity goes up, that tells you about safety and liquidity. And that's nothing good. So if demand for safety and liquidity, meaning government bonds, goes up. That means safety is going down in the perception of the bond market and liquidity is being high demand because liquidity is questionable. There's your tightening financial conditions that are associated with yields going lower. But as far as the stock market is concerned, you just, I mean, 
there is this narrative that lower bond yields are loosening. And if you believe that, or you don't even have to believe it yourself, if you believe everybody else believes that, then you see interest rates go down, whether there's a flood of money coming in from money printing or whatever loose financial conditions are supposed to mean, as long as everybody believes that, then you start buying stocks because you think, oh, the other guy over there, he's going to start buying stocks because he thinks there's money coming into the system. And the guy over there is going to be buying stocks because he thinks there's money coming in the system. And we all just start buying stocks because we all think everybody else believes that financial conditions are actually loosening. And I think that's what's so, in one sense, absurd, but on the same and on a different token, it's understandable why this, this happens because, first of all, you've got this very sharp correlation between bond yields in the short run here, middle of October, bond yields start going down, stocks start going way up. There's that correlation there. But more than that, the idea that, um, hey, we got to get into this rally because even if, if it has nothing to do with interest rates, if Jay Powell gets to that soft landing this time, we better get in there now. So the combination of interest rates, the the lack of really awful economic data, the U.S. economy seems to be hanging in there. I think that's the narrative that's being pushed behind everybody who wants to get back into stocks and have been trying to get back into stocks for the last couple of years. In fact, they've, they've been doing so for over a year now. When was the bottom? Last year? So stocks have been rallying all this time, and we sort of just invent narratives for why that is. And the truth is stocks are rallying because people are buying stocks. Yeah, that's right, Jeff. People are literally buying stocks on the hope that stocks go up, which causes stocks to go up and then gives them hope that stocks are going to continue to go up because more people are going to see the stocks are going up. So they're going to buy stocks. Well, you and know, yet, the, the old saying, right, Steve, that we know the economy is fine is be because share prices are going up and we know share prices are going up because the economy is fine. It's the circular reasoning. Absolutely. And that's kind of the point I was trying to make that you kind of illustrated so perfectly there is the issue be rudely here. interrupted. <laughs> well, there's that too, but we're not, we're not going to pick on things. But if you look at the notion of what consumers and the market expects is, you know, we have Powell come out and talk about, Hey, we've got this soft landing going on. We think we've nailed it. All of course, all his Fed speaker buddies are going to say the same exact thing. They're not going to deviate from the model. We're hearing from other central bankers around the world that they think that's true. We're then hearing it in the media. We're even hearing it from bank CEOs and their analysts saying, hey, you know what? We think they nailed it this time. And if you believe that, which of course, why wouldn't you? Because everybody's saying, yes, it's going to happen. The labor market's going to be intact. Can't you see that initial claims still are staying low? It's just a matter of time before continued claims turn down that you need to get in the equity market here and you need to do it now because all the bond market's doing, Jeff, has nothing to do with the banking system or monetary system. Of course, we both know that. Has everything to do with, right, the Fed's going to cut and that's going to inject liquidity into the system. Liquidity means, of course, money printing. That means equity prices magically go up. You got to get in it to win it. That's another good point here, too. And I think it's something you said a couple of weeks ago when we were last together, that even the Fed pivot is now being taken as a sign of the soft landing, right? The Fed says, OK, we're going to talk about lowering interest rates because, well, we we've done it. We've successfully conquered inflation. We can see that in recent PCE deflators, the CPI numbers, they're all thoroughly disinflationary in every respect that we've been saying all along, including core rates. 
The core PCE deflator just dropped to its lowest month-over-month change since 2020. So the Fed's going to say, our pivoting is only about declaring victory. But you and I both know there's something missing from that equation, right? Because the economy's fine, even if inflation is no longer a risk, as you define it, Mr. Central Banker, why would you need to start cutting rates? And why would you need to start cutting rates maybe a little more aggressively than certainly you were talking about just a couple months ago with higher for longer? So the, the Fed right now, they're all saying, well, some of them are saying we're not pivoting at all. The ones who are saying are going to be saying, well, we're doing it because we're, we win. We, this is victory. And so if you're like you're saying, Steve, if you're someone in the stock market, you're looking to that and say, OK, yeah, inflation's gone. The Fed seems to have been successful with that. The economy seems fine. Yeah, you better get in the stock market because this thing is going to rocket higher. Yeah. And, and so as we continue that thread a little bit, what are we missing? And that's, I think, the key thing is here. Everyone's getting excited because and, and you and I hear this all the time is the stock market is a proxy for the economy and it's not true. There are times it is. This is not one of them at all, because as you said, the fall in interest rates is a sign that monetary conditions are indeed tightening. So let's just say there is there going to be a soft landing. Well, what would we need to look for? Is the labor market holding up? Well, one of the challenges here that I have, Jeff, is continued claims around 1.88 million. And the problem I have is they're not going down. And the longer people are on unemployment, the less consumption they have. That leads to further unemployment. In fact, we're starting to hear from companies coming out kind of as we head into earnings season to say, you know what, we're probably going to have to trim some of our staff because, of course, demand for our products is going down. And the only thing we can do is adjust our costs. Of course, you and I know what that means. It's easy to get rid of a few heads and do anything else. But the other thing we're looking at here is a regional Fed surveys, because I think they give us a great pulse on what's going on. And what stands out to me isn't the fact that the labor market's holding up. Yes, hours worked or trimmed a little bit, which I expect is new order demand is falling. Because, and here's what I'm thinking, Jeff, if there was going to be a soft landing, what I would want to see is new orders come down and then all of a sudden they start to ramp up as everybody got excited about the next coming expansion and said, hey, we need to fill our shelves and our warehouses and all these things. Instead, we're seeing just the opposite. We continue to see new orders decline and even worse, we're seeing in the reports and saying that backlogs, well, they're almost gone. And we know that combination together, declining new orders and backlogs, does not bold for well for the U.S. labor market or the fact that the Fed thinks the labor market's going to hold up. Well, we already see this in the labor market itself. You just have to uncover the data a little bit. You have to do a little bit of digging. If you look at the payroll reports, the goods economy plus professional business services, which is a huge chunk of the labor market, the bunch of those five industries together, the four goods economy industries plus professional business services. The net jobs over the last, I think, seven months has been negative. There have been layoffs all along. We see these strong payroll reports because state governments, more than anything, have been hiring. The federal government unusually has been hiring. And that has been offset to some extent by a few other industries, including construction. Construction work has continued to move forward and move higher. So you do see cyclical layoffs taking place. It's just that they're not enough to override the unusual increase in government hiring. So there's already weakness in the labor market. But I think our big point here is the stock market is not a proxy for the economy. 
And so when you're investing in stocks, you think you're investing for fundamental reasons when actually that's just a fiction that everybody tells themselves, including the entire financial services industry, in order to make it sound like it's more than John Maynard Keynes' beauty contest. You're essentially buying stocks because you think other people are buying stocks for these reasons, right? I'm buying stocks because this other guy's going to be buying stocks because he thinks the economy's doing well. That's really what happens here. And you can make a lot of money doing that. And if you're really good at reading other people and their perceptions, you could make a ton of money. We're not saying that you can't make money in stocks. What we're saying is that don't tie the stock market to real economy uh, fundamentals because there is no relationship there, or very little relationship there. As you said, Steve, um, every once in a while, the economy seems to intrude on the stock market's party. It's not the Fed. It's all fiction. But it's a powerful fiction that everybody does, especially since all of our retirement savings, the entire country's retirement savings are thrown at the New York Stock Exchange. So there's always this underlying demand for equities. And we're just searching for a reason why share prices behave the way they do. And in the short run, narratives can run wild. This idea that financial conditions are loosening because share prices are up or share prices are up because financial conditions are loose. You can you can argue it either way because that's not what really goes on here. Yeah, and I think what we need to do is expand on this decline in interest rates. And you know, this is where we come back to those inverted money curves and yield curves, because this tells you everything that's going on right now. If indeed things were fine, we should see rates. Maybe they don't need to go up or down, but just kind of stay within a range. But as you said, Jeff, they've moved down quite a bit. And when you see an in yields fall from an inverted yield curve, that is the biggest warning sign you could ask for. It says the financial system is not healing, that it didn't heal, that whatever the Fed or anyone else is doing did not work. And if you look back historically, as I know you have, what you find out is that falling interest rates going from an inverted yield curve lead to a recession and sharply declining equity prices. In fact, it's not unusual at this phase in the cycle, although sometimes it doesn't happen, it's not entirely unusual to see equity prices get near or even surpass prior all-time highs right before the reality sets in that the U.S. economy is nowhere near as good as the stock market said it was. Yeah, I think there's one other point here to make, and that's what you just, I mean, Look, the, the, the bond market and bond yields, inverted curves, we've been talking about them for how long here? And most people say, well, yeah, that's the point. You guys have been pointing to inverted yield curves for over a year. Where's where's the baby here? Where's, where's the proof? You've been saying the yield curve has been saying things are going in the wrong direction. How come they don't seem to be going in the wrong direction? Everything I see looks just fine. In fact, share prices are at a record high. So you guys are you're full of nonsense here. But we have to step back and look at this in a big picture term. First of all, as Steve, as you always say, you can't put a clock on this thing. But even more than that, yield curves have already racked up a series of successes, a series of victories, if you want to call them that. Essentially, the yield curve inversion said, we're not going to see higher for longer. The yield curve told us not to expect higher for long. And lo and behold, now even the Fed says, you know what, we're not going to, we're abandoning higher for longer. So the yield curve is already racking up successes. It just hasn't gotten to that final one, which is likely, doesn't have to be, but is very likely to be a recession and likely a deflationary recession with it. So the yield curve has already told us 
in advance. Don't expect this to be the 1970s. And oh, by the way, this Fed higher for longer stuff, that's not going to happen either. So if you're thinking that the only thing the yield curve is telling you is some recession and one hasn't happened this far, well, maybe it has, then you're missing out on all the information here. It's not the stock market, it's the bond market. And lower interest rates are not just about a recession either. They're more importantly about the long run climate that's going to impact us, not just in 2024, but maybe the entire 2020s. And as you just said, Steve, rates that are aggressively moving lower is not a good sign, not for just next year, but for the entire next decade, maybe. It looks like the market is saying the 2020s are going to look like the 2010s. And that's that's not good. No, that's not good. But what will be good in the short run? And here I'm going to put a prediction out there because, you know, I love doing this is what's going to happen at the, either the next or within two meeting FOMC means inflation is going to get close to the 2% target. Powell and company are going to be like, champion, look at us. We hit it. We nailed this thing. Perfect 10.0 across the board. And this is great. We, we're going to trim interest rates at some point later this year. And then after that, the whole floor falls out. That's my prediction, Jeff. Yeah, I think that's, you know, a couple of months ago, people would have said you're crazy. Now people are going to say you're even more crazy because lower interest rates are loosening. That's I think that's, you know, that's what's so frustrating about all of this is we can't even most of the public has been taught the wrong thing about how interest rates actually work and what they actually mean. And there are very real consequences, not just in the stock market, but all over the real economy for getting that wrong. So. Here we are once again, Steve, bonds versus stocks, except at one more, even worse extreme than even than we've been we've become accustomed to. Bonds are going way in one direction, stocks are going way in the other direction, and they're not the same thing. One or the other ends up being the case. Absolutely. And I'll just caution investors who are chasing equity prices higher. If you see a big another leg lower in interest rates, watch out. Stocks aren't going to keep going. They usually historically don't. But enjoy the ride while you can. Just be prepared. It doesn't last. What is really going on in the stock market with stock prices? Where do they actually come from? I did in a complete video about that just recently. That's the one linked below me. Thanks, as always, to Mr. Stephen Van Meter. Happy New Year to everyone. Until next time, take care.